Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategies. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Today's episode is on Well, I'm really excited to announce that I'm finally offering the ability for you to work with me. I know that so many of you, probably every single one of you listening has just been thinking every day when you wake up, when do I get an opportunity to work with Jack? That fucking guy is so awesome. So actually, I think probably very few of you are thinking that. But I do want to give you the opportunity. It is now open. I've got two options that you can finally pick my brain, so to speak, if you'd like to get more in-depth mentoring and coaching. So there's two options. You just go to my website, myindestructiblewealth.com, and there's a tab that says work with Jack. And you click that and you're going to have two options. There's going to be uh, one-on-one and you can book a call with me. If you want to book just a single Hey, I want to pick your brain for an hour and just see if I'm on the right track or bounce some ideas off you or talk about some strategies in building my business. Great. However, I can serve you. I've built four LLCs or S corporations, four different entities to over $2 million. I have 14 different multiple streams of income, a multi-million dollar you know, portfolio. I'm not telling you that. You guys already know probably all of that. I'm just telling you that, look, I kind of know what I'm doing. I have so much to learn, but if you want to pick my brain, great, do it. If you don't, you know what? Just keep listening to the free content and engaging. And that's great too. I I really don't care. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this for the money as you guys probably are well aware. It's a passion project, but at the same time, you know, there's, (laughs) I can't do things for free. Just like you don't want to do anything for free either. Right. So no matter how much you're passionate about it. So go to the website, click on the link, follow along. You can watch a video that tells you a little bit more about the mastermind course that I'm offering. That's a real affordable way for you to get really in-depth training on multiple streams of income, debt pay down, talk all kinds of real estate, particular like specific opportunities that you can do, speculation type plays like crypto, tech stocks, pre-IPOs. We're going to talk retirement accounts. We're going to talk you know, the fundamentals investing into you. We'll talk about charitable giving on that course. So it's a complete course that's going to take you, I believe, uh, quite a bit further along in your knowledge of what you need to do in order to build indestructible wealth. So it's very action-oriented and there's basic mindset, but it's not just, oh yeah, you need to think more positive type thing, or you need to work on your mindset. It's that And it's about how you're thinking about your strategy. And then it's also specific opportunities that you can actually, you know, take advantage of and start building your own portfolio of assets. So if you're interested, great, hit the website. And if you have any questions on that, certainly uh, you can feel free to email me on jack at myindestructiblewealth.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram on the message, direct messaging. I respond to those on the daily. All right. Well, I just wanted to let you guys know that here we go. All right. Today's all about self-storage, which is my favorite investment for multiple reasons, which we're going to dive into today. Why I believe employees and entrepreneurs should invest differently. Now, this particular 
post on LinkedIn got 30,000 views, which is pretty high for one of my posts. A lot of them get 500 to 1,000. So the algorithm caught it uh, because people were really engaged in reading it. So I figured that you guys would enjoy this content as well. But first, you know, as before we get into that, you guys know I give you a little update on what's going on with something entertaining with the Gibson fam. I don't know if you like it. Some of you may just think it's completely boring and skip through that part. That's fine. You can do that. But I want you to have a little bit of a personal connection to what's going on in our life. And uh, hopefully we entertain you a little bit, but we just went to the night of destruction. Doesn't that sound pretty cool? The night of destruction. It was at the Hartford, Michigan Speedway. This is where they do, you know, like races and such. And this is really unique to us because we're not like race fans. It's not like our pretty much our style. Like we love sporting events, but that is just a totally foreign type of event for us to go to. But one of our buddies invited us to go and uh, it seemed like something fun with the kids. So essentially it's a complete and total shit show of like 70 cars that are beat up junkers come in and they just do all kinds of different events. They race around the track. One of the races, a bus was literally driving around shooting off fireworks at the other cars going by. And that was awesome. Another event, every car that entered had to have a trailer and some of them had campers. Okay. All right. All right. One of the campers, this is great. The campers had spray painted on the side. Your mom stayed here last night. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. Oh, so good. Um, another couple of the cars were towing like little, you know, boats. And uh, so if your trailer detaches from your cars, like 20 laps, you're out. So imagine 70, I don't know, maybe there were not that many in this particular event. There were at least 50 entries and all these cars are just whipping around the track, just crashing into each other. And, and, uh, they don't clear off a car. So if the car stalls out or dies or crashes or whatever, they don't clear it out. So you just got to work your way around it. Anyways, needless to say, if you can ever get to a night of destruction, I think these are gaining a lot of popularity. So just do a quick Google search. They're a really profitable way for race, you know, type venues to attract a new audience, AKA those that aren't normally um, going to go to a, like a regular race, right? You can take the kids. You're going to, you know, you don't have kids. Uh, you have a great time and uh, they launched fireworks at the end, which were some of the best I've ever seen. So yeah, night of destruction. So let's dive into our subject for today. And, you know, not everybody probably agrees with me on this particular concept, but I feel that the process of investing or the plan, strategic plan that you set up, and I haven't really dove into this much on my podcast or even on any of my topics before, but I thought this was kind of critical for you guys to understand the distinguishing characteristics between how an employee would potentially want to think about their investing plan versus an entrepreneur. So here's why I'm saying that employees and entrepreneurs should invest differently. Okay. Employees need to build equity. An employee has no equity or equity is essentially ownership value. So think about equity in your home, right? We all understand that. Our home's worth 300,000 and the mortgage that we have that we owe on it is is 200. Boom, I have $100,000 in equity value or ownership in that particular asset or you know, really it's a liability, right? Your home as I've said before is a liability because it doesn't make you any money. 
it uh, costs you every month. However, you can still have equity value and a liability. I mean, that doesn't probably make sense to a lot of people. That's why they think it's an asset, but you don't realize that equity until you actually go to sell. So up until that point, your home is the liability because it costs you money every single month. That's the definition, simple definition of a liability. An asset is something that pays you. Thinking about equities, that's stocks, right? Stocks are equities. You know, you buy, you know, you have $10,000 worth of stock. That's $10,000 worth of equity or ownership that you have. So being that an employee, being a wage earner, they don't have any equity in their own, in that company that they work for. And in order to create wealth, equity value growth is absolutely critical, right? We buy stocks so that they increase in value of the equity or your ownership value in that stock goes up. We buy real estate so that it pumps out cash flow, yes, but also so that the value of that property goes up. As we also pay down the debt on that property, we create more equity value in property. So passive income producing real estate is probably my favorite way to build, not only build equity because it's so much stabler and predictable, and it also cranks out incredible cash flow with tax advantages. Of course, Real estate is, I understand that it's not for everybody, but I believe that everybody should be able to find ways to get exposure to real owning real estate inside their portfolio. I'm going to do a podcast coming up here in the next few days where I'm going to outline what you can do and where you can place your money that's going to be passive in nature where you don't actually have to go out and scout properties, look at properties, analyze deals put in all of that legwork, you can just buy into things that don't require so much of your expertise. You're going to be essentially leveraging off other people's expertise and leveraging off teams. Okay. So that's really, really critical is that if you're investing into real estate on a passive nature, you're more investing into the team uh, that's behind that you know, real estate venture than you are actually buying into the property itself because the team is going to determine the success of the operation by far. So, you know, of course, an employee, I strongly recommend that, you know, in order to build equity of your own and have more control, you start a side hustle. And I understand that not everybody has that drive. They don't have that desire. Maybe it's not the right timing in their life. Maybe they're already working 60, 70 hours a week in their job, and it just doesn't make sense. They've got kids, and they don't have the ability, the time, energy, all of that to devote. I get it. It's a side hustle, a side business. It is not for everybody. Not everybody is cut out and has that kind of startup drive to do that. Totally fine, right? We all have to kind of like just do the things that are more authentic to us. You know, my father, for example, he was an employee, a wage earner his entire life, and he had no, never had a desire to start his own business. When he retired as a state farm arson investigator, he wanted to do, he retired early at 55, and he decided that he wanted to do some consulting, like a side business. He mailed out like, I think, 2,000 letters where he would be a consultant. Nobody, um, I don't think anybody responded. So he quit. He gave up. He's like, well, this isn't meant to be. That was his only foray into doing a side hustle or starting up a business. That wasn't for him. So 
he's done really well just investing into other people's companies, into blue chip type stocks. He's very patient. He uh, doesn't need the action. He doesn't want to drive the initiative of driving a business, of driving a company like me. We're just cut completely, totally two different humans. Doesn't mean he's wrong and I'm right, or I'm right and he's wrong, whatever. Nothing to do with right or wrong. It's just, this is how we're wired. So we understand that it's okay to not have a side hustle if that's something you don't want to do. If that's the case, then you're certainly right to buy stocks or pieces of equity in other people's companies because you need to be creating equity as an employee one way or the other, whether you do it through your own side hustle, you do it through investing in other people's businesses or a combination of the two or investing into um, real estate. You got to be kind of looking at how can I build equity as an employee? Because the moment that you, for example, your company could go out of business, that certainly happens. You could get laid off. Your company could just completely get disrupted by the new technology that's coming out. You know, Blockbuster, we talked about this before. This company was a multi billion dollar company and then two or three years later ceased to exist because it got technologically disrupted by Netflix, right? This is going to happen over the next decade. Companies are going to get disrupted technologically wise and boom, gone, cease to exist, right? So that's why you need other equity, other streams of income to protect yourself and your family as an employee. Now, here's let's dive into entrepreneurs. What's the difference? Entrepreneurs need liquidity. Entrepreneurs already have equity, 100% of it typically, right? Now, in my case, I have 50% equity. The other 50% of our company, our primary S Corp that creates a lot of the uh, primary cash flow for us, our main source of income is owned 50% by my incredible, beautiful wife, the boss, right? She owns the other 50%. So when we started up our S corporation back, I think it was 2001. It was really cool because I was issued a thousand shares. All right. And I'm like, awesome. I'm a shareholder. I have a thousand shares. Now, what were those shares worth at that time? Well, they weren't really worth all that much because the company wasn't generating that much cash flow. Right. So those shares were pretty, you know, low in, in their overall value. But as the earnings grow of your company, so does the equity value. Remember, all companies are valued based on their earnings. So what are earnings? That's net income. That's the income that's left over after all expenses are paid. Okay? Expenses, right? If you have employees or marketing costs or uh, research and development or cost of capital or cost of inventory, all of that that's left over at the end of the year, that's the net operating income or the earnings. So if you have a company and they talk about this in stock, uh, in stocks, if it's developing and creating a million dollars worth of earnings, you know, it could be valued at $10 million, right? Because a lot of the companies on the stock exchange are 10x their actual earnings. That's what they're valued at. That's very, very common, right? So in a private nature, a private business, usually they're not valued that high. As your earnings grow in your company, you know, usually private companies are sold somewhere in the neighborhood of three to five times their net earnings. 
So key component though, to remember that as your earnings grow of your private business, so does your net worth because the equity value is growing with the growth of your earnings. So what entrepreneurs need more than anything, especially early on in the early stages of growing your business is liquidity. Liquidity, okay? Liquidity is your ability to access cash quickly. When you have real estate, it's a generally not a very liquid investment. So if I have a property and I want to sell it, I list it, I could list it on the MLS. That's the public uh, listing system, right? Where everybody can go and see what's available for sale. I could get, you know, I could get offers uh, over the next, I could, could technically, I could get an offer that same day and accept it, but it typically is still 30 to 45 days out, even 60 days out before that property is actually going to close. Why is that? Well, there's a process that real estate has to go through title work, appraisals, um, inspections, right? Uh, the bank has to do their due diligence and all of that stuff that usually takes, you know, a period of time. So that's why real estate's just really never liquid. Now, you could get somebody that comes by. We've sold properties. We've sent out properties to our list and we've closed a week later. So that is possible. And that's with a cash buyer, of course. That's the exception by far and not the norm. So the liquidity on the very, very low end of a property is typically a week. That's if you get super lucky, prices really, really perfectly, get a cash buyer to come in and they're willing to close exceptionally quick. But most property, you know, could take 30 to 60 days. And I'd say the average liquidity of a property is probably higher than that, you know, in terms of averaging out with the time somebody decides I'm going to sell this property till the time they actually get the cash out of it, you know, it's probably 90 to 120 days, you know, on average, or maybe even more than that, right? So stocks, however, those are really liquid, right? You can buy a stock and you can immediately sell it right away. You could buy it, you know, today. And then before the close of business, the stock exchange is at 4.30 Eastern time and boom, you could instantly sell it the next minute, or you could sell it the very next day when the stock exchange opens back up, right? So that's liquidity is the quick access to cash. So why I love high cash value, whole life insurance in as an entrepreneurial investor is because it provides more growth than savings accounts, but it can also be tax free. But most importantly, I can access my cash quickly. I can call my broker and within five business days, I can have a check or a wire where those funds are borrowed right back out of my policy. It doesn't interrupt the compounding of the policy. And I'm being able to borrow those funds back out to be able to use in my business. Or if I get a really good investment opportunity, I've done all of those things to be able to, if I want to pay my taxes, not want to, if I need to pay my taxes, because as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's hard to project where you're going to come in at, you know, on your final taxes. I've got that liquidity sitting there that I can access a percentage of the cash value of my policy, right? If you guys want to get more kind of details on this, I recorded a podcast where I interviewed Rachel Marshall of The Money Advantage. She goes into a real deep dive onto how this all works. It's like episode, I want to say 16 or 17. You guys can listen to that and it'll explain the whole concept if you haven't done that yet. Now, 
is that the only thing as an investor or as an entrepreneurial investor that you want to invest in? No, of course not. I've talked to you guys about all kinds of other opportunities that I think are really smart and great ways to go. However, this provides a great foundation for an entrepreneur to be able to stay invested. A typical policy is going to return somewhere between right now, four to 6% you know, type of re- rate of return. Uh, are these policies exciting? No way. In fact, they actually bore me to death, but it keeps you invested. And if you need the cash, you know, you won't have to sell in a down market. For example, if you want to get a higher than, you know, 0.01% return in your savings accounts or ca- checking accounts at the bank, typically, and still stay liquid, then you need to be invested in the stock market or cryptocurrency. And that's very, very liquid, right? You can sell crypto, you know, 24 seven, the market never closes. However, that's extremely volatile. It's not a great way to park cash safely for when you need it, you know, that you know that the value is going to be there. And you don't ever want to put yourself in a position where as an entrepreneur, you need to access cash, you need liquidity, but you have to sell in a down market. Those are That is the absolute worst case scenario. The number one rule of Warren Buffett, the most successful investor probably in human history is don't lose money. And so this puts you in a position, this strategy as an entrepreneur puts you in a position where you won't lose money, but you stay invested and you're getting much higher rates of return than if you were in, you know, a traditional, you know, bank type savings account. So I hope this helps you guys. You know, I think that also I would like to add entrepreneurs really need to be investing into themselves. Probably sure employees do as well to increase their skills, increase their income. Um, But I think entrepreneurs really need to be putting a lot more money into themselves than employees do because as employees, you know, you're typically, you're capped at how much earning power that you have, right? Whereas an entrepreneur, you have literally, the sky's the limit. You don't have any ceiling or cap on how much you can make. It's all strictly determined on your work ethic, your skills, your mindset, and your, your unique value that you provide to the marketplace right? Through your skills, through your overall, what I call, love to call earning power. So you need to be constantly pouring back into yourself to increase your earning power so that you can produce more income. So these are my first kind of baseline things that I say as an entrepreneur, invest into yourself, invest into these high cash value whole life policies. Um, And I hope you guys understand, you know, the thought process and the mindset behind this. So quick episode today. Hope you guys got some value out of today's episode. I will see you on the next episode. Here we go. Indestructible Wealth. I'm out. That's a wrap for this episode on the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. Send me your questions and your financial challenges, and I promise I'll respond. Also, I'll think you're really awesome if you'll share and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.